Uh, happy days. Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. Uh, good to be back in the UK after you know, seven, seven and a bit weeks away over in Mexico. And today's guest, uh, we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to be talking a lot about economics, why he's not been purchasing in the last couple of years. Uh, but today's guest seems to do a bit of everything. Uh, TV selling, accomplished, accomplished property developer, renovator, oh. interior designer. Um, he has a, a couple of lovely, adorable beagles. So if you hear anything in the background, then uh, they want to get on to the show as well. Uh, Richard Black, a pleasure to uh, speak to you today. It's a joy to be here. I am astonished that you've just admitted you've had seven and a half weeks holiday. Is that what you've just said? Did I hear that right? That's correct. I was away for, well, 50 days, so seven Two weeks months. in a day. Two months. That's, yep. that's just, isn't that unlawful? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, well done. You look great on it. Um, and thank you for having me. Thank you for, for, for having me on the show. It's a joy to be here, as always. No problem at all. I, w- I would say caveat, people that are, are, are listening to this won't see me in my uh, linen-style, Hawaiian-style shirt. So that's Ooh, why. That's why. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing it. But no, I have been away for a very long time. Um, content has still sort of gone out, which is great. We, we've been chatting off air and you know, we were saying with this podcast can go in a, a number of ways. We could talk about some of the great deals you've done developing here and there. But one thing that you said that you hadn't been doing for a couple of years was basically you haven't been buying anything. But before we get into that, is there anything I've missed out on the introduction? Anything you'd like to add to yourself at all? Oh, blimey. What have I been doing? Uh, I, oh, crumbs. Uh, I started off life at school like the rest of us and wanted to go off and be an architect and then decided that I didn't want to spend seven years at university. Uh, I wanted to get out in the world and earn money and have a nice car and clothes and things like that. So I went off to my A-levels and failed them dismally and went to the careers teacher and said I wanted to go into broadcasting and she laughed at me and said I wasn't that kind of person I should go off and do something more conventional um so I went to work in a bank uh hated it um but that's where I learned to manage money um and then I left and traveled around Australia for I hated that that job at that building society I was very good at it but I was rubbish I went to travel around Australia um, and I ended up working at Sky News in Australia. Uh, it had just launched. I mean, we're going back to about two th- to year 2000. So that was when I got my bug for telly. And to sort of bridge a huge gap, I came back to the UK and ended up working in BBC local radio, then got a job at local ITV uh, as a researcher. And then because I had to go and work in London, I rented my little first time buy in Norwich City Centre out that I'd purchased for the whopping sum of £41,000. Uh, I know, those were the days. Um, and uh, <laughs> and went off to London to work for various production companies and, of course, had to rent my apartment out. And all of a sudden, started to realise, oh, do you know what? You know, on a forty-one grand mortgage, the mortgage payment was, I think, 100, 160 quid at the time. It was, it was negligible, really, in today's terms. And of course, I was renting it out for, you know, five, six hundred pounds a month. So all of a sudden I became a landlord and realized, wow, I could really do this quite well. This is quite a, a, a lucrative way forward. I never thought. So 
um, I went off to Nottingham to work for ITV Central and ended up whilst there buying another apartment in Norwich, uh, hollowing out what they call it, the money from the first apartment um, that was doing so well uh, and putting the deposit down on a second one. And then I bought one a year for about 10 years and I always bought the rubbish ones. Mm-hmm. I always bought the ugly ducklings that, you know, that sat on the market for yonks because they were in a grotty area or, a, a you know, that really busy wallpaper or bad carpets or, you know, unusual odours creeping out of certain rooms. And, and, you know, nobody at that time would want to touch developments. We went through a phase back then when, I mean, I say back then, it's about 15 years ago, when... Everybody wanted the perfectly done thing that Sarah Beanie was showing them on telly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, no, 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 I don't want to do any work. Oh, God, no. Oh, heavens, no. I don't want to get my hands dirty. I want, I want a bathroom like that. So these development opportunities were quite fluid. Um, started off with apartments ended up with a couple of terraced houses, Victorian terraces. Again, in a, most of my development has been in East Anglia where I live and have grown up and work. Um, so again, I suppose by good fortune, the region has seen a huge boom, the sort of uh, towie of, of, of the world, you know, as, as the sort of notoriety expands out of London and the, the money comes with it. Um, and, and, so through so areas like Suffolk and Norfolk um, always grew, you know, cities like Norwich, very safe place to live. There was always a demand. We've got a, a good number of big employers, uh, Aviva and, and, and what have you. We had Virgin One and Virgin Money um, here as well. So there was always a huge demand for the properties that I did. Um, I'm a good landlord. I like to say I'm a nice landlord. If it needs doing, I get it done. Um uh, you know, and, and, and again, I just want to say landlords get a lot of bad press. And I can remember having this conversation when I worked on BBC Breakfast, actually, at Television Centre. I was a producer there. And one of the one of the reporters kept saying the word unscrupulous on her reports in front of the word landlord. And I had to pull her up and say, hang on a minute. Not every landlord is out there, you know, ripping the guts out of the poor tenant. You know, in fact... I think I know a ha- I, I, I can count on one hand number of bad landlords in thirty years I've come across. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can count dozens and dozens of really good ones that care about their properties. So, so yes, I'm one of those big bad landlords that, and I install brand new windows and solar panels on my tenants' properties, and they get half price electricity, and I haven't put the rent up for three years, um, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, there's a completely different story there. Um, but so, yeah, that was my journey into a property development. It was a, always a sideline to my broadcasting career, mm. and then more recently, I left BBC Television in 2013, renovated. Um, 450-year-old, 500-year-old Suffolk cottage, top to bottom, re-thatch, re-plum, re-wire, re-everything, uh, grade two listed, and uh, then moved out of that um, to build my own house here. Uh, and that completed in June 2020, and here I am. So, yeah, over the last couple of years, going back to your first point, I haven't bought anything 
um, simply because of the aggression in the market. It it feels inappropriate to me of late to start looking. It's not a buyer's market. I don't need to buy. I'm, it's not. For, it wouldn't be for me to live in. I've looked at a few development opportunities. I cover several on my podcast. Um, homework uh, it's called, and uh, they do look great opportunities. But it, to me, I've always made the best gains in times when the market has been troubled. Um, say just shortly after two thousand and eight, uh, I bought my first flat in 1999 which was sort of shortly after the mid 90s recession um buying now for me i totally totally again and i covered countless stories of first-time buyers and and people struggling with the housing ladder and grappling with it from the top end to the all the way through to the bottom on my podcast um if you've got to live in it of course you've got to go out and buy a home at some stage right now for me as a developer not now that's not to say I won't start tinkering with it in, I'd say, about a year's time. I've got a feeling we're in for a rough, a rough autumn and winter uh, in the property market. And so at the moment, I've, I've bought a place abroad. I've kind of gone completely mad and I've done exactly what those people on A Place in the Sun on Channel 4 have told me to do. And I've raced off into Spain and I bought a nice two-bedroom villa on the eastern Costa del Sol. And I've just speaking to you off air, just revealed that um, very kindly the ver- Spanish version of Right Move, which is called Idealista, has published an article today to say the village I'm purchasing in is one of the most sought after on the Costa del Sol. And I'm thinking, damn, there was me thinking I wanted a nice, quiet, restful retreat, um, you know, a nice, tranquil hideaway. But instead, I'm going to end up with the Brits Abroad Brigade bottom <laughs> of my driveway building concrete blocks. But that's fine. I'm not hurt or, or upset by that at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant. I don't uh, even know when to, um, where to start. Where do you unpick all of that mess? I know. I know. So that is my property journey, Rob. That is my property journey. And, and it, it, I duck and dive and I wheel and deal and I do my best and end up doing my worst. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a, couple of, there's a couple of points I take from that, Richard, because I'll, you know, where obviously, you, you know, podcast host as well, you speak to an, an abundance of, of people that are, you know, getting started in property or they've got a few properties, et cetera, et cetera. And, and likewise here, and they seem to come across, almost come across two sets of people. You know, one set of people seem to have, you know, full-time job already on the go, quite a bit of disposable income, might have some cash in the bank or other assets here and there, and they just want to, you know, get started or they might, like yourself, uh, as in get accidentally started due to job relocation or whatever. And then sort of the other sort of set of people are people that, you know, want to turn property into a full-time job as quickly as they can. And, you know, got a couple of quid to the name, but not much. And, you know, they want, they want to get started. I always find that that brings, it can bring a slightly different approach. Not, neither is right, neither is wrong. Mm. Both have got advantages. But what I find from both sets of people, and this is similar to something you've touched upon, is you know you bought your first one in 1999. That's the time of request, 20 plus years. Property is a very, very long term 
game whether you want to get rich or you want to get wealthy don't have not get rich quick no way and yeah the, the aggression in the marketplace and estate agents of all kinds will tell you at the moment that oh this house has gone up in value two hundred thousand pounds in the last two years or whatever I, I was featured on an article in a magazine on yahoo finance a couple of weeks ago where um the value of my own home had gone up £400,000 in two years. So that sounds like it's a get-rich-quick machine, but it, it it sounds absurd, but it isn't. It's this mm. slow uh, – a property generally tends to double in value every decade was the, mm. the sort of um, uh, rule that, that, that seems to push about in, in, in the industry. And then there is about four years of settled – stagnation almost a, a more uh, flatlining of, of the market and then it again it drifts up and that's quite simply because there was always a demand on a finite resource that is land and property in in the british isles it's the sort of you know i was told years ago get into property because god ain't making any more um you know because <laughs> you know there is no more land to be had we all kind of want our little bit and and the more of us there are the less there is to be had so there's always that excessive demand on it but it feels for me at the moment, it's, 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 yes, it's get rich quick right now, but I, I personally have a genuine well-found feeling this is going to go pop soon. It can't continue in the way it, it, it feels like it is. We, we are running out of resources, aren't we? I, I don't know. Where is all this money coming from to buy these houses at significant, what I call overpricing? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good point, valid point, something I wholeheartedly agree with, um, you know, from, from myself, when we look at, uh, you know, when, when this sort of, you know, these lockdowns and whatever started a couple of years ago, um, funny enough, I'd just come back from Mexico then as well. Um, I think I've, I've been back about three days and then it was, oh, no, no, no one's allowed to leave, et cetera, et cetera. So like most people, I had quite a bit of spare time on my hands and you know it's very you know could have gone out and i don't know picked up a new habit like smoking more or you know drinking more or whatever um but i started i started going looking at more economics you know um taking that time to re-educate myself retrain myself etc started reading and looking at a lot more stuff on youtube about precious metals history of currency that sort of stuff and what concerns me this is what i'm seeing now and i've said this on other podcasts i've said this on property nomads podcast that this virus or whatever whatever either came out of nowhere or it's planned, whatever it is, it, it, it's there. But the way that the world's responded to it uh, macroeconomically, print, 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 mm. giving all this currency out to a bunch of people. So they've increased the currency supply, not actually done anything to um, increase the like, level of goods and services within said economy. And then you wonder why you've got inflation. I mean, a three-year-old can tell you that if you restrict currencies or increase the currency supply, but the level of goods and services remain the same, a three-year-old could tell you that the price is going to go up. But it seems like the only people that don't know are the Bank of England, the government, and the Federal Reserve and politicians, which, surprise, surprise. So I'm not overly um, surprised that we have a big bunch of inflation and I'm not overly surprised that all these prices keep going. Again, go turn this over to housing. I'm not surprised that's going up and up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. 
But you get to this situation, like you said, and you know, we've had we've had different conversations, my business partner and I with different people. You know, I err on the side of caution more than most. I like to go down the rabbit hole, I like to be contrarian anyway. Point being, if you look at the history of currency and the history of you know true money, gold and silver, etc., the Romans started devaluing their currency. And the Greeks started devaluing their currency by, you know, making it not purely gold, silver based. Well, that screwed up Athens back in the day. The Romans done the same. I think Diocletian, something like that. So that's happened. Oh, let me think that happened in 1929 as well. You know, gold going one way, currency going another way. Oh, the Weimar Republic, 1930s Germany. Well, we know what happened there. It's scary, scary stuff. Mm -hmm. History is almost repeating itself. It never repeats itself 100%. I think it's, it doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Mark Twain says something along it, those lines. It's cyclical, isn't it? It, it, it does loop exactly. around. And, and um, there are so many, and I don't want to get into a political debate, um, please, uh, because, you know, people will be... I don't know how to, to 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 steer off that one. Yeah. To me, it feels like everything being purchased at the moment is borrowed. And that is an extraordinarily dangerous set of circumstances to get yourself in. On, on my podcast, uh, um, I've got... Uh, a first-time buyer pair, uh, and the, believe me, they're, they're, they're solicitors I trained with. I, I, I'm a trained solicitor, and, uh, uh, and I went to university and uh, when I finished at the BBC and did three years, and, and I met this lovely couple who are still together. Um, they're in their early, sort of late 20s now, and um, they're first-time buyers. They still haven't bought their own place. And they're both solicitors on 50x, if not more, per year. Um each so they've got a joint income of over a hundred thousand pounds and their first time buy they're looking in the region of five half a million quid i think the lifetime isa cap for their their mortgage borrowing is at four hundred and fifty thousand pounds for the purchase i am beside myself that at just under 30 years old somebody is going to saddle themselves with a, a, a £400,000 mortgage. That leaves me, and, and they're just one set of people. They're very fortunate because, yes, they've got good incomes. They've got name, letters after their name. They've got a, they're in an industry where, which is known for providing good, good, relatively good salaries. Um, what that does lower down the market, should I say, or, you know, to, to lower earners, it exposes people to huge sums of money of borrowing that we just have got real no genuine well-found ability to pay back have we i don't know because the trouble is the system at the moment of lending is based on the situation we see you know the the, the underwriters i guess in in mortgage companies and what have you only look at it right now they can only go on the set of kit of parts they've got in front of you so Okay, Mr. Black, you earn X amount. Our criteria is 4.5 times X amount, and we can lend you Y. Um, and But the trouble is, that's on an interest rate, say, I don't know, 2.5% right now uh, on a fixed rate for five years. Well, what happens at the end of that five years when I've got my half a million pound mortgage that I've been paying off interest only because to pay it repayment is huge? Um, and 
rates in five years' time are not going to be where they are now. They're going to be two, three, four, five percent higher. Well, even one percent on a half a million pounds is is five grand a year. So you you're starting. So if if it goes up two percent, you're going to be paying ten grand a year more, which is two thousand pounds a month basically for your mortgage. Find me two thousand pounds a month. I you know I'm I don't deny I'm not a man of means. But if somebody said to me, oh, by the way, your mortgage is going to go up two grand a month next from 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 Christmas, after Christmas, I'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. I don't have to sell a dog, um, you know, or, you know, hack off a, a, a valuable limb or two. Um, and that is where I am fearful we are headed. We are headed into this. We've become so normalized at borrowing. Um, I could pick up the phone right now and or, or go online right now and find myself i reckon i could find myself about hundred thousand pounds in the space of what five minutes just click on click through these you know these these online um loan companies even sort of brand names like tesco loans or mm-hmm. you know all the way through to um the ones you see advertised on the television or whatever the the, the sort of high apr jobbies you know people you know, we do, we have comparison sites that tell us, oh, if you want to borrow 25 grand, go to this organization because they're great and they'll give you a free hamper or whatever. Um, we've just become so normal, uh, normalized at borrowing. And that feeds to me into your point about the currency thing, because there is only so much of this resource that is money about. There must be surely or alternatively, if we are churning it out as we're using it. Are we not in a situation where eventually we we devalue it ourselves and we we're, we're peddling our own life into an expensive world? Uh, uh, do you see what I'm saying? If because we're cheapening value of our pound in our hand, we need to work harder to buy more of these pounds to buy our furniture and our homes. And where do we go with that? I, I don't know. And, and surely that can't carry on, can it? Am I? being a little bit far too off to the left liberal. I, I don't know. Um. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. It, it's it, it's scary. It's concerning. And this is why I always say I've got to be in my bonnet with people that don't understand basic economics with regards to the housing market. And, mm. and I mean that from first-time buyers all the way up to investors, people that do what you do, people do what I do. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that. I'm not positioning myself as, you know, Rob the economic guru. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is there's a lot of shit on the horizon and it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to mm-hmm. hit very quickly. You need mm-hmm. to have assets under, you need to have proper good hard assets mm-hmm. under, under your belt. Have what you've got. You've, you know, got multiple income streams, mm-hmm. multiple qualifications as well. You've got your rental portfolio, you know, Aaron and myself, we've got our rental portfolio. I've got a bunch of other stuff on the side as well. But you go that you go back to the cost of borrowing. You know, I, I I read, and again, you know, whether this is right or wrong. For example, uh, just just going to crypto a second. People that you know have borrowed on on high margin or taken you know loans from credit cards, etc., to go in and buy you know Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. Or whatever. Now I hold my hands up. I have a very small position in in Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's a very small percentage of, of total net worth. So I'm not, you know, if it when it works, it works. If it doesn't work, which is a bit uh, at the moment, fine. I'm I, I'm not losing sleep. 
I'm okay. I'm covered in other areas. Fine. But you yeah. read stories about people that, like you just say, go and get these loans from wherever, piss it on Bitcoin. And next thing you know, because the value goes down, they're on margin, they're up crap creek very quick. That's me. That's stupidity. That yeah. is, to, I, I can't get into the mentality of why people would, would do that. And, and house values as well, going on to your other point, is, again, it's okay to sit around with a crystal ball and, you know, in general, when there is a nice little bit of inflation, because the Bank of England likes 2% a year in general, you know, yeah, prices will double roughly every 10. Fine, I, I get that. You look at the house price data, it's a given, absolutely. But the point that I think you make, and it's, which is one I agree with, is if you take this lovely first-time couple that are going to buy a £500,000 house with a £400,000 mortgage, if it's fixed for five years or whatever, now, when the market goes peaks on, which it will, let's just say that house is valued at £400,000 in five years' time, and they've got a £400,000 mortgage. People mm-hmm. like you and I that look at a pure, pure investment, there's always opportunity in the market. We're, we're here to help. We'll, we've got some tools in the arsenal to help. But I'm totally with you on that, that actually the price might not be £400,000 in, in five years' time. It might be six hundred. I don't know. If you look at the economics of where we are at the moment and what's going on, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like my chances too much, to be honest with you, Richard. There is no investment without risk. That's what I say in my columns that I write for Property Investor Today and Landlord Today. There's never any investment without risk, of course, you know, and, and that goes from something tangible like property mm. all the way down to something intangible like, I don't know, shares in Oh, Aviva or whatever. Um, so, and and as and as long as um, you 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 as a an investor or somebody with some money in a, I don't know a, a bank account somewhere is stepping in to those investments with wide open eyes and fully informed, then the buck stops with you. Yeah, I think the difficulty is with. Things now, uh, buying a house now is not like buying a new coat, but people treat it like it's buying a new coat. I've, I've seen a lot of comment um, and uh, in uh, the property industry, people like Russell Quirk, who ran Quirk's estate agents in, in Essex, and he's a very good commentator. I, I love Russell to bits. He says the, 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 the buying mechanism in the UK is so transient. You know, we turn up, we look at a house for eight minutes and we we buy and we've just spent a six-figure sum of money in the space of less than quarter of an hour. And then for the next three months, our solicitor will beaver away and do all the due diligence. And then all of a sudden it's, it's payout time and ha-ha, hurrah, we've, we've completed and we're in our lovely new house. But on that three-month journey, it allows for flaky people and that's causing a huge problem because – I, I know an estate agent, I'm, I'm sponsored by one, um, that, that will quite clearly tell me they have several fall-throughs at the moment every day. I was with him a couple of weeks ago and he said, I've had four, four fall-throughs on a Monday. That's never happened. And it's because people are realising that actually, oh, last last week I, I offered X amount of money for a house um, and uh, it was lovely and my wife fell in love with it and all the rest of it and we're bringing back the 
take measure in the, the, the three kids, you know, for a second viewing. And actually, we thought about it over the weekend. And guess what? We can't afford it. We have to be transparent with ourselves. We can't afford it. So we're going to withdraw. And that's where I start to see the market unwinding a little. I, I, I see this. We, we, like I say, we, we, we think these things are a new coat. It's like, oh, I see that on the shelf. I'll have that. I'll try it on. It looks lovely. Away I go. Um, and this buying a house is not buying a new coat. It is a, a huge investment. It's a long term thing and it isn't get rich quick. And there are shocks and surprises on the horizon. Um, and that needs to be thought about. And that's what frustrates me about. Um, and, and there's a lot of comment about first time buyers again in the market. Oh, how does first time buyer get on, on the, uh, on the market, uh, at the moment? And my argument is, do you know what? My first house, my first apartment, that 41 grand crock of rubbish was a crock of rubbish. It was a top floor, one bedroomed ex council flat in a grotty suburb. Of a, of a city centre overlooking, overlooked by two concrete skyscrapers that were the old city hospital that were built in the 70s. This place was not an attractive concept. You know, this was not what you see in, in Laura Ashley magazines. Um, and you know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> um, but I had to kind of look at that time I was on 13 grand a year. Um, you know, I wasn't taking home a thousand pounds a month, uh, and that was for a full-time job at a, a very well-known broadcaster. Um, and uh, as a researcher, so you know, I had to take those compromises. Um, it wasn't in the finest postcode in the city. It wasn't, you know, it, it was. I can remember my first complaint to the freeholder was that somebody had defecated in the communal hallway. Um, you know, it wasn't a dog, it was a human. Um, so that was how bad. But those are the compromises as a first time buyer you have to make. And you can't sail in like a galleon saying, I want my kitchen with chrome handles and gloss surfaces and I want my bathroom with you know dripping in decadence and swimming in splendor and I want my bedrooms to all be doubles and 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 I want a home office in the garden because again have we fed into and it's a question for you Rob because you clearly interview more people than I do Mm. are we in this situation where I want I want I want I want I want and a generation at the moment are a very I want generation um and and it's been it's been bred and 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 that's where we are with houses i want i want because i've seen those ones on the telly those made in chelsea ones or those towie ones or those those look at that villa in love island isn't it gorgeous um and i want all of that but sometimes you have to sit back and think do you know what i've got to pay for it and that's always the second question rather than the first one from my point of view (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. And the reason I say that is I was just a couple of podcasts the other night and they're talking about uh, financial advisors and they're saying that, you know, these, these people were saying that if you want a really good financial advisor at the moment, they need to have at least 44 years experience in, in the market. And I said, well, why is that? I said, well, last time there was serious inflation issues was the end of the 70s. Yeah. And they, these people know they know mm-hmm. how to deal with that. Navigate it. Yeah. And navigate mm-hmm. it. We have, you know, most of us at the moment have no clue, but this is why I, I love to emphasize the, the point of, you know, 
go back. History does rhyme for a very good reason. Look at all the crap that's gone down in the 70s. Iran mm. oil, Iraq oil, yada, 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 yada. What happened then? And it was pretty much a pain in the ass for a decade. We might have the same issue in the next 10 years. I don't know. I'm not an economical forecaster. All I do know is from a pure property point of view, it's going to create a lot of advantages. In answer to your question about Gen Z and, and this and that, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not against, um, you know, that sort of stuff. But, you know, we, we are in a very, you know, I want society. I think we probably will be for quite a while. Um, that's got advantages. That's got disadvantages. You know, at the end of the day, finance is important. Economics is important. And you've got to be able to, you know, you've got to at least be able to do a budget. And, and you know, surely you've got to be able to run a budget. It's not, it's not difficult to do. Um, yeah, I, I learned in that job at that that building society that I hated back in the day. I learned how to manage money. Um, yeah, I hated the job, but it taught me a huge lesson, and I've never been overdrawn in my life. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm 47 years old next week. I've never been overdrawn in my life um, because I determined not to spend money I don't have, and if I haven't got it, I won't go out like a crazy fool and, and uh, you know, or if I need it, I'll go out and earn it. Um, yeah. I, I, what, you know, how, how does that relate these days? I don't know. I, I just find um, there's a very cosmetic and material approach to things at the moment, which is difficult because deep down, I think, as you say, we are going to be in a quite a, a deep and meaningful economic shock over the next 12 months. Um, and I, I don't know how, like, I, I had an estate agent, a different brand uh, on, on the podcast and the young lad, he was great. He was a really lovely guy, um, set up his own estate agency, but he was 29 years old. And I said, so you've never experienced firsthand 2008, the crash where you would, people would rather burn than ever buy a house you know houses were not selling you could you know i i bought a house in 2010 for for 122,000 sold it a year later for over a quarter of a million because i you know that was how desperate people were to sell um i said how are you going to navigate it if there is a, a crash and he said oh no no you know i know i know what i'm doing da, da, da. i'm thinking you you've a part of me wanted to say you've never you've never been there you, you can't I, – I don't want to sound like a doom and gloom merchant, but what goes up must come down. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's the saying that I – and, I, I, you know, I'm terrified that this, this is going to come across as a negative broadcast because it isn't because I love property. I love progression. I love development of all kinds. You know, I'm, I'm bought a house buying a, a property overseas. Um, that's risky. Um, you know, I'm playing with a completely different currency and a different, completely different legal system. Yeah. Um, uh, but it just feels like at the moment we are sailing like a galleon into a storm, the ferocity of which we have got no clue as to how big and problematic it's going to be. And the factors involved alongside that are conflict in beyond Eastern Europe and, uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 you know, famines in Africa. Uh, again, we're still fighting off COVID um, across the planet. 
um, uh, global warming, uh, climate change. There are there are bigger issues influencing our financial markets than there ever have been before. And again, they, we're we're scared of what we don't know. I'm scared of what I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a natural human reaction. Um, um, and I don't know what I don't know. That's and I'm 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 held out to be an expert in all of this. <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, we we could we could go on, we could go on for a very long time about it. all. I would say, I'm just conscious of of, of the time there, Richard. What I would say, yeah. yeah, yeah. We haven't intended for this to be doom and gloom, but if we're being realistic, as we have to be, yeah, um, well, in, in terms of property, life, and business then that, that is that is a situation we're in and it is a bit doomy and gloomy. It is what it is. Uh, all I would say to people, budget, prepare, look at history, uh, understand what's going on, understand what will probably happen. Um, Richard, uh, just before uh, we let you go, you mentioned a few times your podcast and, and bits and bobs. If people want to contact you, find out more about yourself, um, how do people do that? My website is richardblack.co.uk, or of course the pops, the podcast is called Homework. That's home colon work, and have a look on our website at thehomework.co.uk, or of course look us up on the social media channel or the usual. Perfect stuff, and as always, we will put all that information into the show notes as well. Uh, Richard, it's been a, a thoroughly entertaining conversation. We'll have to uh, get you on again at some point and um, chat, chat other topics. <laughs> Likewise, and you're, you're welcome to join on homework. Be, be glad to have you. All the best. Cheers, Richard. Take care. Thank you.